Retrospective Podcast, Episode 15. Hello and welcome to the Retrospective Podcast. My name is Dean Abbott. I'm the author of the essays that can be found in the column archive at my website, deanabbott.com. That's D-E-A-N-A-B-B-O-T-T dot com. I'm also host of this companion podcast. Each week I write a new essay and post an audio version here. Older podcasts can be found at retrospectivepodcast.podbean.com or on the iTunes store. If you like the show, I'd ask that you stop by the iTunes page and write a review. Of course, I'd love to hear from you directly. If you'd like to contact me, you can drop me a line at retrospectivepodcast at gmail.com. Before I read this week's essay, I wanted to announce that after this episode, the show will go into a hiatus. The essays I read here grew from a blog I started late last summer. At that point, I committed to blogging for a year. In just a few weeks, I will have kept that commitment. At that point, the blog will go into hiatus too. I don't know for sure how long the hiatus will last, but it will be long enough to allow me a bit of a break and to allow me to attend to some other projects. I will continue with my long-form podcast, Your Neighborhood Almanac. So for now, if you want to hear from me, worldwideweb.yourneighborhoodalmanac is the place. Now, here's this week's essay. Let me offer you this serious piece of advice. Should you decide to visit an Amish farm, make every effort to do so on a day when nothing is being killed. If you must, ask about it beforehand. Just say, oh, we'd love to come. But first, are you sure Thursday morning is a no-slaughter time? These few extra moments of preparation will spare you a good deal of unpleasantness later. That is, if your family is anything like mine. On the other hand, if yours is a family that delights in splashing around in rivers of recently spilled blood, well, just forget I said anything. I wish someone had given me this advice before my family trudged out to an Amish friend's farm last week. A woman came out of the house to greet us once we rolled in. Noah, her husband, was in the back barn. We were welcome to amble back there, she said. Before we even got close, I heard screaming. Distressed squeals broke the air. They carried a note of panic. I'm no expert naturalist, but even I know an upset pig when I hear one. Rounding the corner, I was surprised to see a pickup parked between the barns. Its presence meant we were not the only English or non-Amish visiting that morning. Two guys stood in the open barn door. They wore jeans and t-shirts ripped open from armpit to waist, and baseball caps. Behind them in the barn were Noah and his oldest son. The pig was walking near their feet, still protesting. What are you guys doing? I asked. One of the English guys turned toward me. His face beamed beneath his cap. His bottom lip distended from the glob of tobacco tucked behind it. About to slaughter a hog, he said, confirming my most dreadful suspicions. Let's move back that way, I said to the missus, pointing toward the house. 
I'm all for my girls experiencing the farm. They have bunnies in a pen, ducks waddle around trailed by a long line of furry babies. A wooden wagon sits piled high with hay drying in the sun. All of these are good for the children to be around. They always come away excited, full of memories to cherish. I was unconvinced having a pig gutted before their eyes was likely to have the same effect. Noah is a sensitive man. He seemed to pick up on my concern. Let's take a break, he said to the guy standing there with him. He instructed them to get some water and rinse the pig. This would cool her down, he said. Then he stepped from the barn and led us toward the house. He stopped to retrieve a basket from the back of the buggy. I sidled up and said, So you're going to take care of that pig? Yeah, he said. We're going to dress it here, and then they're going to take it for a hog roast. I assumed the men were doing this because nothing completes a traditional 4th of July celebration like 500 pounds of pork. How are you going to kill it? I asked. Noah scrunched his bushy brows. He spoke more quietly, as if he were talking about a holy thing. Shoot it, he said. That way it's quick. I was relieved. I was glad to know that though killing animals is a regular part of farm life, especially Amish farm life, Noah was still concerned to minimize the pain he caused. I'm not a vegetarian. I enjoy meat. When I'm asked what I want to eat, bacon is always on the short list. However, enjoying meat and knowing what must be done to obtain it doesn't mean I have no concern for the welfare of animals, even those destined for the plate. Overall, this incident confirmed for me something I've long suspected. The farmer, especially the farmer who slaughters his own stock, straddles life and death like no one else. The death he brings serves to nurture the life of others. He plows his own life into the ground. For the farmer who works his days away, bringing forth sustenance from the stubborn earth, every field is a grave. Noah seems to have accepted this. At the end of our visit, he said, Well, I better get back to that pig, and moved off toward the barn to move the pig off toward its end. I watched him go, dressed in his dark shirt, black pants, and hat. He was, I thought, perfectly dressed for a funeral. This has been the Retrospective Podcast. Thank you for listening.